Chapter Seven of Book One of The Well at World's End by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven, The Maiden of Borton Abbas. So went he through the gate, and many, both of men and maids, gazed at him, for he was fair to look on, but none meddled with him. There was a goodly foulberg outside the gate, and therein were fair houses, not a few, with gardens and orchards about them and when these were passed he rode through very excellent meadows lying along the water, which he crossed thrice, once by a goodly stone bridge, and twice by fords, for the road was straight, and the river wound about much. After a little while the road left him off the plain meads into a country of little hills and dales, the hillsides covered with vineyards and orchards, and the dales plenteous of cornfields, and now amongst these dales Hyam was hidden from him. Through this tillage and vinland he rode a good while, and thought he had never seen a goodlier land, and as he went he came on husbandmen and women of the country going about their business, yet were they not too busy to gaze on him, and most greeted him, and with some he gave and took a little speech. These people also he deemed well before the world, for they were well clad and buxom, and made no great haste as they went, but looked about them as though they deemed the world worth looking at and if they had no fear either of a blow or a hard word for loitering. So he rode till it was noon, and he was amidst a little thorpe of grey stone houses, trim enough, in a valley wherein there was more of wildwood trees and less of fruit-bearers than those behind him. In the thorpe was the tavern with the sign of the Nicholas, so Ralph deemed it but right to enter a house which was under the guard of his master and friend. Therefore he lighted down and went in. Therein he found a lad of fifteen winters, and a maiden spinning, they two alone, who held him, and asked his pleasure, and he bade them bring him meat and drink, and look to his horse, for that he had a mind to rest a while. So they brought him bread and flesh, and good wine of the hillside, in a little hall well arrayed as of his kind, and he sat down, and the damsel served him at table, but the lad, who had gone to see his horse, did not come back. So when he had eaten and drunk, and the damsel was still there, he looked on her, and saw that she was sad and drooping of aspect, and whereas she was a fair maiden, Ralph, now that he was full, fell to pitying her, and asked her what was amiss. For, said he, thou art fair and airless naught, that is clear to see, neither dwellest thou in punery, but by seeming has enough and despair. Or art thou a servant in this house, and has any one misused thee? She wept at his words, for indeed he spoke softly to her. Then she said, Young lord, thou art kind, and it is thy kindness that draweth the tears from me, else it were not well to weep before a young man. Therefore I pray thee pardon me. As for me, I am no servant, nor has any one misused me. The folk round about are good and neighbourly, and this house and the croft, and a vineyard hard by, all that is mine own and my brother's. That is the lad who hath gone to turn thine horse. Ye, and we live in peace here, for the most part. This thorpe, which is called Borton Abbas, is a land of the Abbey of Hyme, though it be the outmost of its lands, and the abbot is a good lord, and a defence against tyrants. All is well with me, if one thing were not. What is thy need, then? said Ralph, if perchance I might amend it. And as he looked on her, he dreamed her yet fairer than he had done at first. But she stayed her weeping and sobbing, and said, Sir, I fear me that I have lost a dear friend. How then, said he, why fearest thou, and knowest not? 
does thy friend lie sick between life and death? Oh, sir, she said, it is the wood which is the evil and disease. What wood is that? said he. She said, the wood perilous that lieth betwixt us and the burg of the fourth frith, and all about the burg. And, sir, if ye be minded to ride to the burg to-day, do it not, for through the wood must thou wend there too, and ye are young and lovely. Therefore take my reed, and abide till the chapman went thither from Hyam, who ride many in company. For look you, fair lord, ye have asked of my grief, and this it is, and naught else, that my very earthly love and speech friend rode five days ago toward the burg of the four thrifts, all alone through the wood perilous, and he has not come back, though we looked to see him in three days wearing, but his horse has come back, and the reins and the saddle all bloody. And she fell a-weeping with the telling of the tale, but Ralph said, for he knew not what to say, Keep a good heart, maiden, maybe he is safe and sound. Oft are young men fond to wander wide, even as I myself. She looked at him hard and said, If thou hast stolen thyself away from them that love thee, thou hast done amiss. Though thou art a lord, and so fair as I see thee, yet will I tell thee so much. Ralph reddened and answered naught, but deemed the maiden both fair and sweet. But she said, whether thou hast done well or ill, do no worse, but abide till the chapmen come from Hyam, on their way to the burg of the four friths. Here mayest thou lodge well and safely if thou wilt. Or if our hall be not dainty enough for thee, then go back to Hyam. I warrant me the monks will give thee good guesting as long as thou wilt. Thou art kind, maiden, said Ralph, but why should I tarry for a host? And what should I fear in the wood, as evil as it may be? One man journeying with little wealth and unknown, and he no weakling, but bearing good weapons, hath naught to dread of strong thieves, whoever rob where it is easiest and gainfulest. And what worse may I meet than strong thieves? But thou mayst meet worse, she said, and therewith fell a-weeping again, and said amidst her tears, Oh, weary on my life, and why should I heed thee when naught heedeth me, neither the saints of God's house, nor the master of it? nor the father and the mother that were once so piteous kind to me. Oh, if I might but drink a draught from the well at the world's end. He turned about on her hastily at that word, for he had risen to depart, being grieved at her grief and wishful to be away from it, since he might not amend it. But now he said eagerly, Where then is that well? Know ye of it in this land? At least I know the hearsay thereof, she said. But as now... Thou shalt know no more from me thereof, lest thou wander the wider in seeking it. I would not have thy life spilt. Ever as he looked on her, he thought her still fairer, and now he looked long on her, saying naught, and she on him in likewise, and the blood rose to her cheeks and her brow, but she would not turn from his gaze. At last he said, Well then, I must depart, no more learned than I came, but yet am I less hungry and thirsty than I came, and have thou to thanks therefore. Therewith he took from his pout a gold piece of upmeads, which was good, and of the touch of the Easterlings, and held it out to her. And she put out her open hand, and he put the money in it, but thought it good to hold her hand a while, and she gainsayed him not. Then he said, Well then, I must needs depart with things left as they are. Will thou bid thy brother bring hither my horse, for time presses? Yea, she said, and her hand was still in his. Yet do thine utmost, yet shall thou not go to the burg before nightfall, or will thou not tarry? 
"'Nay,' he said, "'my heart will not suffer it, lest I deem myself a dastard.' Then she reddened again, but as if she were wroth, and she drew her hand away from his and smote her palms together thrice and cried out, "'Ho, Hugh, bring hither the knight's horse and be speedy.' And she went hither and thither, about the hall and into the buttering back, putting away the victual and vessels from the board, and making as if she heeded him not. And Ralph looked on her, and deemed that each way she moved was better than the last, so shapely of fashion she was. And again he bethought him of the evensong of the high house at Upmeads, and how it befitted her. For she went barefoot after the manner of maidens who work afield, and her feet were tanned with the sun of hay harvest, but as shapely as might be but she was clad goodly withal in a green gown wrought with flowers. So he watched her going to and fro, and at last he said, Maiden, wilt thou come hither a little before I depart? Ye, she said, and came and stood before him, and he deemed that she was scarce so sad as she had been, and she stood with her hands joined and her eyes downcast. Then he said, Now I depart, yet I would say this, that I am sorry of thy sorrow, and now since I shall never see thee more, small would be the harm if I were to kiss thy lips and thy face. And therewith he took her hands in his and drew her to him, and put his arms about her and kissed her many times, and she nothing loath by seeming, and he found her as sweet as May Blossom. Thereafter she smiled on him, yet scarce for gladness, and said, It is not all so sure that I shall not see thee again yet shall I do to thee as thou hast done to me. Therewith she took his face between her hands, and kissed him well favouredly, so that the hour seemed good to him. Then she took him by the hand, and led him out of doors to his horse, whereby the lad had been standing a good while, and he, when he saw his sister come out with the fair knight, he scowled on them, and handled a knife which hung at his girdle. But Ralph heeded him not. As for the damsel, she put her brother aside, and had the stirrup for Ralph, and when he was in the saddle she said to him, All luck go with thee, for sooth I deem thee safer in the wood than my word said. Verily I deem that if thou wert to meet a company of foemen, thou wouldest compel them to do thy bidding. Farewell to thee, maiden, said Ralph, and mayest thou find thy beloved whole and well, and that speedily. Farewell. She said no more, so he shook his rein and rode his ways, but looked over his shoulder presently, and saw her standing yet barefoot, on the dusty highway, shading her eyes from the afternoon sun, and looking after him, and he waved his hand to her, and so went his ways between the houses of the Thorpe. End of chapter 7